Welcome to Raising the Bar. I am Ashley Vargas, and I help lifters feel more confident adding weight to their barbell. Hello, lifters, and welcome back to another episode of Raising the Bar. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about what is holding you back from adding more weight to your barbell. Lifters struggle with adding weight to their barbell and get really frustrated because they are very consistent with their weight training. They're consistent with their nutrition. They're doing all of the things that they're they're supposed to be doing. However, they're still not seeing the strength improvements that they want. This is more common if you have been lifting for a while. If you have longevity within a strength sport or longevity within the weight room. If you are newer to lifting, you're not going to experience this for a while. You are going to have those what we call newbie gains. So as soon as you start weight training, you're automatically going to see improvements. You're going to have these big jumps in PRs and it, it will eventually that is going to slow down and those, you know, PR numbers are just going to start to get a little smaller and you might hit your first plateau and all of that is is common. It happens with everybody. However, um, really enjoy the, uh, the newbie gains right now while you have it, if you are in that boat, but there is so much more to strength training than simply just moving the weight and the strength athletes that are truly successful have addressed, they've trained and they strengthened the weak areas of their body because they do fully understand that you are only going to be as strong as your greatest weakness. A lifter's weakness can obviously take on um, many different forms and present itself in many different ways. And that's going to be different from person to person. But throughout my years of coaching and working with a variety of athletes, there are three areas where I see lifters have the most opportunity consistently. The first one is going to be mobility restrictions or limitations. The second is going to be uh, failing to identify weak areas of the body and then subsequently not training those weak areas. And then the third is going to be um, overall technique with your setup. So setting up for your lift. So I really want to dive into these and we're going to start with the mobility restrictions. So in my experience, this is an area that is often left unaddressed. Um, not so much because of unawareness of the issue, but more so the lack of desire to actually do mobility training, because let's face it, mobility training is extremely boring, right? We just want to skip over all of that nonsense and just go right to the heavy lifting. It's also very time consuming. And when you're, when you're doing the mobility training, it doesn't really feel like you're going to, you're making any progress or you're moving the needle. However, it is one of the things that is going to be most important when you are wanting to see progress in your lifts. Mobility issues present themselves in different ways and can take on several different forms. And it really just depends on the person. Um, And there's a lot of variables that go into the way that our body moves. Um, One of them being lifestyle. So do you have a desk job where you're seated the majority of the day or do you do manual labor? So you're very physical throughout the day. Do you have any injuries? Do you have past surgeries? All of these things impact the way that our body moves and whether we move well or whether we don't. And one of the first steps in addressing mobility issues is to identify the issue itself. And this seems like it would be very obvious, but it's really not. Um, The symptom of the issue can present itself through discomfort, through tightness, through stiffness, through all of these things. But the symptom of the issue can be in a completely different area of the body than the actual problem. So let me give you an example of a cause and a symptom. So tight ankles or a lack of ankle mobility is very, very common for most people. And this restriction or limitation will present itself more commonly in the squat, but it can absolutely impact all three of your power lifts. So using tight ankles and the squat as an example, 
Tight ankles can cause an internal rotation in the knee, meaning your knees are going to collapse in more more often than not on the ascent of the squat, but can sometimes happen on the descent as well. And that internal rotation is going to cause a shift in your hip. And that shift in your hip is going to cause an uneven weight distribution. That uneven weight distribution, depending on which way the weight is being distributed, will either shift your weight for or shift the bar forward, um, shift you forward in the squat, or it'll shift you back in the squat along with so many other things, right? A lot of other things could possibly happen, but those are some some common things that would result from tight angles. So when you're evaluating your squat or you have your coach evaluating your squat, the obvious issue is probably going to be the hip and or the uneven weight distribution. And all of those things are going to cause discomfort most likely in the hip or in the low back. So you're going to assume that because that's where you're feeling the discomfort, that that's where the issue is actually resonating. However, if you backtrack, right, if you run that pain down the leg and go, oh, well, I see that my knees are internally rotating, which is causing the hip shift. And you're like, well, what's causing the knees to internally rotate? And then you come down a little bit further and take a look at the ankle and the ankle is not moving in the way that it should. So the angle is actually the issue, the internal rotation, the hip shift, and the uneven weight distribution are all symptoms of the ankle. So obviously we want to still work on hip mobility, um, you know, T-spine mobility, all those other things. However, the issues are not going to get corrected until you actually address the ankle mobility. If this is something that you have experienced yourself, um, I would highly recommend having a professional strength coach or a physical therapist evaluate your movements and really identify what the true cause of the issue is. Because again, yes, we can treat the symptoms, but that's just kind of putting a bandaid on the issue. We want to make sure that we're actually treating the cause. So if it's causing hip, if ankle mobility is causing hip discomfort, you can absolutely do things that are going to make your hips feel better. I'm not saying that you shouldn't, but you're not going to actually resolve the issue until you tackle the cause of the problem. Regardless of what your mobility limitation is, if you continue to lift and try and add weight without addressing these issues, you're essentially going to be compounding the problem over time. And that can lead to strength plateaus, or it could lead to something a little bit more serious, like possibly an injury, depending on the severity and what the, um, the result of that mobility limitation is and how it's impacting the rest of your body. I would definitely recommend incorporating mobility work um, into your training if you haven't done so already. You can either do it in the pre-lift or the post-lift, um, and then you can also utilize an active recovery day as a foam mobility day. With mobility training, yes, it's boring. No, we don't want to do it. But I promise you, it is going to significantly impact the way that you lift and how you feel while you're lifting. But you do have to be patient with the process. Um, Mobility training, just like every other type of training, um, it it takes time in order to see changes and see results and feel better while you're lifting and move the weight better. So the issue itself didn't develop in one session, and it's absolutely not going to get resolved in one session. However, over time, you are going to see those changes. The second most common area that holds lifters back from adding weight to their barbell is not identifying weak points in the body. This is similar to mobility issues, but different. So when I talk about weaknesses, I'm talking about actual strength weaknesses and not mobility limitations. So the body is not perfectly symmetrical and most people have strength imbalances from one side to the other or from front to back. Where these strength imbalances really become an issue is when you're trying to add weight to your lifts your stronger side or your stronger attributes will always be compensating for the weaker ones. So just to stay consistent, we'll use the squat as an example again. 
So for a lifter that is quad dominant, they may have a really hard time engaging the hamstrings and the glutes in the squat. And if they had the ability to fire those two muscle groups in the same way that they do the quads, which in this particular instance, the quads are doing the majority of the work, right? Because they're, they're making up for the lack of hamstring and glute engagement, that lifter would see significant improvements in their squat overall. And one of my favorite sayings, and I think I said this in the very beginning of this podcast is you are only as strong as your greatest weakness. And this is absolutely 100% true when you're trying to add weight onto your barbell. If you have to compensate for a weakness and you are not identifying and training that weakness, you're only going to be able to take your lift as far as that weak point will get you. Identifying the weaknesses in the body and developing a program that is going to address those weaknesses is ultimately what is going to help you build strength over time. You have to give those areas an opportunity to catch up and train them to fire and activate the way that they should in order to move the most weight as effectively and efficiently as possible. Training weaknesses comes from adding variations to your power lifts, and this can be in the form of barbell, dumbbell, machine, the the modality really doesn't matter, and isolating the weaker part of your lift and the weaker part of the body. So for example, if you are struggling with power in a squat, again, staying consistent with a squat example utilizing an Anderson squat variation is absolutely amazing for generating power out of the hole. So in Anderson squat, you are going to set your pins up to below parallel depth. Okay. So as you're coming into the ascent of the squat, your, the crease of your hip is going to be below the top of the knee. Okay. So the crease of the hip at the top of the knee is the requirement for depth. We're going to go lower than that. And you're going to set the pins on the squat rack up so that when you are in that position, the bar is then going to be resting on the pin. So your body's no longer holding the weight from the bottom. You need to fire and activate everything right in order to get that, that bar to come off of the pin. So that is absolutely great for identifying and addressing a weak point in the lift, right? If you have a strength and balance from left to right, doing isometric training where you train only one side at a time will allow that weaker side to catch up. In each training block, you need to identify what weak area or what weakness you are going to um, train in that specific training block. So you don't want to try and tackle a bunch of different things at once. You want to pick one, maybe two, and really hammer those over the course of four to five weeks, depending on how long your training blocks are. And as you become more proficient in these areas, you're going to find that your power lifts are going to significantly improve when your strength is more evenly distributed, distributed throughout your body. The third and final area that we're going to talk about is efficiency and effectiveness in your setup. The way that you set up for your lifts is crucial to having a successful lift and can really make or break your performance. When I say an efficient setup, I'm referring to the time it actually takes you from the unrack to the first rep. When you take a lot of time to set up with the load on your back or over your chest, depending on the lift, you are utilizing a lot of energy that could otherwise be used for your actual lift and not your setup time. Having an effective setup, on the other hand, means that you are putting your body in the ideal position for the movement based on your body's strengths, your body's weaknesses, your leverage points, along with several other factors. A lifter's setup is completely dependent on them. There is no right way to set up. There is no wrong way to set up. Well, there, there are a couple of wrong ways to set up, but we won't get into that right now. Um, point being, it's going to be different for everyone. 
So how you feel the strongest and how you feel the most comfortable is really ultimately the way that you should go. One of the biggest components to a really good setup is once you figure out what works best for you, set up the same way every single time you move your bar. It does ma doesn't matter if you have an empty bar or if you have 100% or 100 plus percent of your one rep on your back. You need to allow your body to memorize the position that way, and that will only happen through repetition. So having to shift the bar, having to maneuver your feet, um, do all these other crazy things as you were trying to get set up for your lift, that's a whole lot of energy wasted that otherwise could have been used to actually complete your lift. When you are creating your training program or whenever your coach is creating your training program, it is so important that all three of these things are a part of that programming and it's a part of your routine. That way you can lift as well as possible. You can push through your strength plateaus. You can add weight onto your barbell, which is ultimately what we as lifters want to do is lift more weight more often, right? But however, if you're not addressing those mobility limitations, you're never going to be able to move well or feel good doing it. If you don't address your weak areas and train them and hammer them until they're a strength, you are only going to be as strong as that weak limitation. If you don't have practice your setup, if you don't have efficiency in your setup, if you don't have an effective setup, you are wasting a lot of energy trying to maneuver all of that weight that you otherwise could be using for your lift. And you're also not setting a good foundation for your actual lift. So once you address all of these factors, you're going to find that you are going to, again, be able to move that bar better. You're going to be able to move with more comfortability and ease and not have so much discomfort as you're lifting. And you're also going to be able to lift as efficiently and effectively as possible, which really that's the goal of powerlifting, right? Is to lift the most weight as effectively as possible. I hope you found value out of today's episode. If you did, please subscribe and share with your fellow lifters. And I will see you here next week for the next episode of Raising the Bar.